Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. How you guys doing? Wow, you guys don't need to stand up. Hey, let me clap too. I'm going to clap with you. Feel like a seal today. Hey, thank you guys so, so much. Welcome to Freedom Church. Thank you for coming. Hey, I cannot brag on Wes, Adam, our own, and Carson Grambling last weekend. You guys give them some love for taking care of the word here at FC while I was trying to heal. Thank you guys so, so much. Uh, You know, it's pretty cool. Hey, you know what? They know you're in bad shape when they give you a ball to play with, you know, when you come to PT. You know what I'm saying? And my grandkids, they try to take it from me all the time. You know what I'm saying? And that's just not cool. I mean, this is mine and I'm going to be selfish with that, you know, so just leave it alone. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, with that being said, thank you for you guys watching online. Thank you for joining in with us. And uh, here's something that I want to tell you. I am so thankful for the ones that the phone calls during this time, the phone calls, the texts, the amazing food, and to loving on your shepherd, especially the prayers during that time. Thank you guys so much. That means the world to me in my heart. Because I mean, man, I'll tell you what, uh, I've, I've had a lot of different parts going on. You say, what do you mean? I've had both hips replaced. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like the bonding man. Some of you don't know what today is, go Google it. You'll see Steve Majors, whatever. Anyway, but uh, this is the real deal here. So I have a whole new respect for people that go through things like this. But how many of you, let me ask this question. How many of you are excited about 2022? Raise your hand. You raise your hand. Give God praise if you're excited about it. Come on now. Some of you are thinking, how can we be? Look at the last two years. Look at 20. Look at 21. Listen to me. Listen to me. The thing about a new year, here's what it is. It's all about start and stop stuff, right? Track with me. You either want to start a diet or quit smoking. You either want to start a budget or or, or quit this or quit that, quit a bad habit, whatever it is. You want to start and stop stuff. Reminds me, I read this deal of this husband and wife and she sneaks in the bathroom and she looks over to her husband and she sees him weighing on the scales and he's sucking in his stomach and she just thinks he is hilarious. He thinks if he sucks his stomach in, he's going to weigh less. So she goes over to him and says, what's wrong with you? She says, you are sucking in your stomach. It's not going to make you weigh less. He said, I'm not sucking in my stomach to make me weigh less. He said, I'm sucking in my stomach so I can see the numbers. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, me. Listen, here's what I want to say to you this, this day. My prayer is for each of you, and I've been praying, had a lot of time, spent a lot of time with God over the last few weeks. My prayer is for you for this year. And what God's been telling me is that so many people live as a Christian, they live a lot of times in such a carnal way that you really don't realize what you have in your relationship with God through the power of prayer. 
And that's what I want. That's what God has given me for me to talk to you about. Because I think so many times we miss the fact that because of the external, we don't realize that we're living eternal. And it's the internal God that gives us the power to do it. Are you tracking with me? Are you tracking with me? Say yes. So with that being said, my prayer is for you is that you're going to draw a line in the sand like never before, that God is going to lead your life and that you are going to be totally connected to him and connected to your church family in 2022. And, bring, and that comes up to me, I'm going to do a PSA, public service announcement. Hey, we are going to be 20 years old, 20 years, a happy birthday for Freedom Church on March 3rd. Is that cool or what? That is awesome. I can't believe it. It was like yesterday that we started. So anyway, there is going to be a celebration on Sunday, February 27th. Let's make sure that we pray that maybe the snow won't affect us that weekend. But anyway, I don't know much about what's going on. They're not telling me anything much uh, because they're just wanting to have a, a great big celebration. And I thank God for that because God is going to continue changing lives at Freedom Church. So anyway, I go and, and when it comes to this deal I got on right here, this surgery deal I go into, I remember talking to them, and uh, I don't know if any of you have ever had this right rotator cuff. Well, I went in, and it was twice as bad, and the, the, the rip was a lot longer than what they said it thought it was going to be. And, but anyway, I'm talking to them, and I'm talking to them, and they're going in there, and they gave me something, and they're some kind of happy dope. I don't know what it was, and I'm kind of loopy, and I'm talking, and I said, aren't you guys going to count down like you used to before you go in surgery? Well, we can count down if you want us to. I said, the last time I went in and got knocked out, they were telling me they were going to knock me out with Michael Jackson juice. And I said, what's Michael Jackson juice? It was this white stuff, you know, that actually, God forbid, it was sad, but I think that's what a doctor gave Michael Jackson. And some of you medical people know who it is. But anyway, but anyway, they said, well, no, we're not giving you Michael Jackson juice. But anyway, we could count down. The next thing I know, I'm waking up and I'm thinking, when are they going to do the surgery? And I went, ow, they did it. You know, and I got this thing on me and everything. So, but here's the deal. When I get ready to go home, it's a world of difference. When you go home and you've got one arm to deal with, you realize that your independence is history, okay? You realize all of a sudden that if you are going to get ready, it's going to be at the cost of someone else helping you. If you're going to take a shower, it's going to be at the cost of someone else helping you. If you're going to eat, if you're going to go to the bathroom, if you're going to poop, it's going to be at the cost of somebody else helping you. You know, but I'm left-handed, so anyway, we'll go, we'll keep on going. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, moving on. So, how many of you here like your independence? Raise your hand. We all do, don't we? Well, God doesn't want me and you to get too caught up in our independence. Because here's, here's the truth. Independence is the enemy of your relationship with Jesus. Think about that. Independence is an enemy to the independence, is, is independence the enemy of your relationship with Jesus. See, when Jesus came down the stairway of heaven, he came here, he was born of Virgin Mary, and at the age of 30, he, he started his ministry, and for three years he did his ministry and did so many things, the books couldn't contain them, the scripture says, and he was tempted like you and I were tempted, yet he never sinned, and then he became sin for us by dying 
on the cross. Then he rose again the third day so that he could reconnect you and I back with our heavenly father. See, we lost that connection in the garden, back in the garden of Eden. You remember the story with Adam and Eve and sin came upon mankind. So here's what I want to, I want to tell you, and I want you to think about that. I want you to take ownership of your relationship with your heavenly father through Jesus. I want to challenge you like never before to take ownership of your relationship with your heavenly father through Jesus. See, we're constantly thinking carnally, which can overtake you spiritually. Did you hear that? We're constantly thinking carnally, which can overtake us spiritually. See, the the fear comes in and it begins to, to just paralyze our faith. The fear comes in, especially through a pandemic. Think about this. Maybe you lost your job or maybe your business is in the red. Maybe it's a situation where that your health is not what it used to be or your marriage is hanging on by threads or, or maybe you lost a loved one and you just can't seem to understand these things that's taking place. Listen to me. I can't change a past I can't change 2020. I can't change 2021. Neither can you. So don't allow the past to determine 2022's future. You follow what I'm saying? I wish so much, so many times when damage happens behind you, it can damage what's in front of you that God has for you. Look what it says in Isaiah in chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. He says, but forget all that. Isaiah saying, he said, it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I am about to do something new. Say new. See, I have already begun. Do do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers and dry wasteland. See, God's people were once oppressed in Egypt, and God raised up Moses to go and, and lead them to freedom because they cried out to God for deliverance. Here in this particular setting in Isaiah, they are captive in Babylon, and they want to be rescued. So he's saying here, there is a new exodus that's going to take place through a new wilderness. You know, when we go out of it, we don't know where we're going, but God is leading us. See, you're here or you're watching right now. And think about this. You've taken a first step to new life in a new year. You're going to get to have a new exodus to be able to go through a new wilderness for a brand new future. And God is leading you and saying, hey, God, you go. I'm going to follow. That's the attitude that we've got to have. How many of you here or you're watching, think about this. How many of you right now need something new in life? Just, just raise your hand. So there's something new that I would like to have in life. Maybe it's something new and you need a, a new faith lift. Or, and not a facelift, you know. Some of you may need that. I don't know what you're, you know, I always heard him. A friend of mine, he always said, he said, why do women wear makeup? He said, well, every old barn needs a good coat of paint. But anyway, that's another story. Maybe you need a new faith lift. Maybe you need a renewed relationship. Maybe your, fa- your finances need to have something new in them and, and get back to where they once were. Or maybe you need, have a, need a new healing for your body. Listen, when we don't see a way, here's what you've got to understand in the wilderness. God already sees the way. And that's what's so awesome. He says, I'm about to do a new thing. And today, you may have fears. You may have insecurities. You may have pain. And the pain's just not a physical pain. It's an emotional pain. It's a relational pain. It's something that's going on that hurts so deeply. Or maybe it's some kind of sin. You just keep on doing. And you keep going back to it. And you keep going back to it. And that maybe it's a situation where you're addicted to something. And you don't want to tell anybody. And you can't break through. 
Maybe it's just stress or struggles or strain. But with Christ, listen, he makes all things new. And, and I really love, I don't know about you all, but I really love being a part of a church family where we don't have to be perfect. Don't you? That we can come here and say, you know what? This is a house and this is a family for people that are broken and hurting. This is a place right here. It is a hospital for sinners. It's not a hotel for saints. If you're perfect, don't join. You're going to mess us all up. So I just want you to understand. But not only that, this is a place where everyone's welcome. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter status quo, whether you're blue collar, white collar. Doesn't matter if you got blue hair or red hair. Doesn't matter what kind of clothes you got. Just please wear clothes. That's the only dress code we have. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that we've got to move forward and quit living back here, okay? God doesn't want us to do that. That's what the enemy wants to do because it's pandemic. Look here, let's think about the future. Look what he says in Isaiah 54, verse 17. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. So you forget about the past. Yesterday is gone. And you got to realize, yes, we are in a battle. And you know what? You have to tell the enemy, listen, enemy, you cannot have me. You cannot have my wife. You cannot have my husband. You cannot have our business, our family, our kids, my purpose, my destiny, or my future. You can't have that. And you seek God with everything you have in a relationship, not live for God in religion. A lot of people, ever heard anybody say, you know, they're religious? You understand religion is just a form of worship? It's a big difference. Religion is what you do, do, and do, and do. Relationships what's done. That's what Christ did to cross so we can have a relationship with God Almighty. So today as we talk about power for prayer, I want to talk about prayer for the battle. Man, this is an amazing study that I've, I've been pleasured to be able to share and to, and to be in and, and to share with you. But when you take a look at Psalm 20, Psalm 20 is a prayer. The first five verses is a model prayer that David, King David, is asking the people to pray for him and the Israelite army as they go into battle. Verses 6 through 8 is basically David and them praying the prayer. And then it's the prayer of the King David and the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, in the ninth verse. But here's what I want you to understand about this particular prayer that he's doing. The psalm begins and ends with hearing prayers for victory. If you move on to Psalm 21, grab this. It is a praise after the victory. But you've got to have a prayer before the battle before you can have a praise after the victory. Do you follow me? Say yes. So, how many of you need a victory somewhere in your life right now? Somewhere, just somewhere in your life. You need a victory. Yes, yes. Praise God for that. Because God wants to give it to you. You can live in victory. You can live as a victim. So I'm praying for you when we go through this prayer that you pray it for yourself and you pray it for others and watch what God does in power of prayer for the battles that we're all going to face in this life. First thing, just ask God for answers in troubled times. You mean I can do that? Sure you can. Look what it says here in verse 1 in the first part. It says, in times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. See, when we come to, come to you, uh, you know, when, when we come to God in times of trouble, what it's saying here, we need our great God to give us answers because we live in some challenging times. Would you agree we live in challenging times? We do. And I want you to think from this measure. Uh, I mean, when that pandemic hit, we were all 
really scared. Can I be everybody raise your hand to me and tell me, and those of you online, okay? How many of you were like me? You had a sense of a little bit of fear in the back of your mind when the pandemic hit. Raise your hand. I think we all did. We all did. It's some measure. I mean, when I got out the gas station, I would take and pump my gas. I'd get in and take and pour out a, out a gallon jug and I'd pour it on my hands and I'd put it all over me and rub my steering wheel. I thought I was going to die, you know? I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I'll tell you, um, we recorded in here for three months with none of you here other than just a skeleton crew with a worship team. I've never told you this. But down deep inside, I was doing my best to lead as a shepherd for our wonderful flock. But I was scared. I was really scared. And I remember one particular moment after recording a message right here on the stage. That as soon as I said amen and they cut it back, I broke down and cried like a baby. I had a sense of insecurity, but yet not only my sense of insecurity, I didn't see your beautiful faces either. And it was tough. So that's when I really began to seek God for answers. In these troubled times, he began to teach me some things in my dependence upon him instead of living in an independent spirit in a carnal mind. See, when you let the carnal take over, it will push out the spirituality that you can have with your heavenly father. Look at Psalm 46 and 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. See, he says he's always ready to help. I look at the person next to you and say, he'll help you. He'll help you. Look back to them and say, yeah, I know it. He'll help you too. That's good. See, no matter what you're facing, God, let us know that you are aware of what I'm facing and that whatever I am facing in my life, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the things are that I'm going through, no matter what's taking place in my situation, God, that you see my brokenness and that you're aware of it. That's where God it comes into that step into full dependence upon God in a relationship. And you got to just pray to God, God, I need some answers in times of trouble. I'll tell you the craziest thing, this day and time with my girls, I can call my girls, take my cell phone out and call them and they don't answer. A few minutes later, they text me back, text me back, not call me back. And they say, what's up, dad? I just want to take my cell phone and stomp it on the ground. I'm so mad in the name of Jesus, because I don't understand Okay, I just called you. A simple thing you could do is simply call me back, you know. And, uh, but anyway, I'm just so glad that when it comes to our relationship with my Heavenly Father, I can send up a prayer. He's going to send down an answer. Some of you wonder, you know, how, how's, how's that happen, Pastor? He answers every time. You say, how is it? He impresses upon my spirit. Sometimes it's Yes. Sometimes it's no, and the last one really hurts. Sometimes it's grow, because you have to grow before you can handle what you're asking for. But God wants to give us answers in prayer. Somebody else, you've got to ask God to defend you. Look what it, you just need a defense of God. He wants to defend you. I remember, I remember one time, my brother and I were riding the school bus, and I always, we always, they always called it the big yellow cheese. How many of you ever heard the school bus called the big yellow cheese? But anyway, uh, 
We was riding the bus, and my brother's five years older than me, and, and I was just a little guy, you know, and I mean, we were young enough to ride the bus, and, and there was a guy on there named George Hester. George Hester, if you're watching, I'm talking about you. But anyway, George Hester began to beat me up, and I thought as soon as he started, my brother's going to, hey, he's going to throw down on you like nobody's business. He's about to take you out. No, he didn't. He sit back and laughed. True story, y'all. I'm telling you, he sit back and laughed while George Hester beat me up. I'll never forget that. And I thought, this is terrible that your own brother won't even come to your defense. And I thank God that God's not like my brother, okay? He might help me now, but he sure didn't help me then. And, and that was terrible for me at that time. But look, look at the last part of Psalm 20 and verse 1. It says, may the name of the, of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. See, the same God that defended David, he will defend you. He will be there for you. He will defend you. When you're attacked by the enemy and, you're, and he's coming at you, just pray and say, God, I need your defense. I need you to defend me. See, we all can be guilty of trying to defend ourselves. Listen to me for a minute. Really easy for us to try to defend ourselves when things happen. We want to defend ourselves to the boss because we feel like we did a better job than what we did in getting a promotion. Or we want to be able to defend ourselves to our neighbor, you know. They said you mowed over a few inches. You really didn't. You're just, they don't like you anymore. You're trying to come to a defense with your neighbor, or, or maybe it's your family. You're trying to defend something that's taking place with your family. Or maybe a friend uh, accused you of stabbing you in the back, and you're trying to come to a fence and say, I didn't do it. Or maybe it's a wife or a husband. You're trying to defend each other in your relationship. Or maybe you're trying to defend yourself from a bully like George Hester. I don't know, but here's what I do know. When you live, listen to this. This is good. I wish I had both arms to do this. But anyway, <laughs> this is good. When you live with a spirit of independence... You end up living with vengeance. Somebody needs a shout after that. I'm telling you what right now, man. That's tweetable right there. I don't have a Twitter anymore, but anyway. <laughs> when you live with a spirit of independence, you end up living with vengeance. And God says, no, no, no. That's not your job. I'm the one that defends you. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Look at Romans 12 here, what Paul told him in verses 19 through 21. It says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. Did you see that? He didn't say, I think I'll get revenge for you. I think I might pay. No, he says, I will and I will, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. You just want to give them a pie like Miss Minnie did on help right you know what I'm saying that's what you want to do you want to feed them that way or if they're thirsty give them some drink well I'll give them cyanide pastor I'm not going to give them a cold uh, glass of water no 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 it says in doing this when you do as Jesus would have you to do and leave the defense to the Lord in doing this you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil with good. This is amazing. I want you to understand the Hebrew word in the Old Testament for defend means to 
put you or I securely upon a high place, a place of inaccessibility, a high and lofty place, a lofty location, a place where no one can get to you or me. It is a place where they can't reach me, they can't hurt me, they can't harm me, they can't damage me. And the same God who defended David will defend you and I. You just got to pray that God defend me. He knows how to get people back better than you and I could any day, any time. The third thing is ask God for help and strength. That's what he's saying here. Verse 2, it says, may he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. See, David has brought the Ark of Covenant in this setting here back to Jerusalem. That's God's presence and that's God's power there. And it's there to help and strengthen them. Now, how many of you here are like me? You hate to ask someone for help. Raise your hand. Just be honest. I mean, we all, I think all of us are like that because it goes back to the spirit of independence. You know, man, when Shanda's been trying to help me, there's been times that I have hurt myself because she has helped me so much that I don't, I don't want to ask her anymore. I feel bad asking her. But God, listen to me, God's never going to feel bad about asking him for help. He's going to feel bad when you don't. When you don't come to him for help, when you don't come to him for strength. So, so basically, when you look at the help, the help is which I need assistance. The, the strength is what I need support. And so the help comes from the sanctuary, and the strength comes from Jerusalem. And this means that this is, listen to this, this is where God hangs out. This is where God abides. And in the Old Testament, God's people looked at the sanctuary as that is where God is at, at that time. And, and here's the good news. Because Jesus was able to bridge the gap between our our sinfulness and his holiness with his heavenly father and he came here for you and I and when we receive forgiveness of sin we are born again we have our name written in the in the book of life you become grab this you become where God is See, you become in your heart and in your soul, and that's where God is in. You become the sanctuary, and you become Jerusalem, and you're where God hangs out in your soul, and he hangs out in your heart, and he will send you help and strength when you need help and strength in your life. And some people say, well, pastor, I understand what you're saying, but I don't understand. I mean, you mean God will really, the God of the universe will come and hang out in my soul. Scripture teaches us that he inhabits the praises of his people. It actually is derived from a couple other Psalms later in Psalm chapter 22 and verse 3. It actually says here, it says basically when you look at the Scripture for how it reads here in Psalm it says basically that God enthrones the praises of Israel. So the word enthroned, listen to this, it means God rests. It means that God sits upon. It means God dwells within. And it means God will dwell within you and me. And understand that God hangs out. This is good now. And I've, I've, really, I've really received this in over the past three weeks. God hangs out where he is honored. God hangs out where he is praised. God hangs out where he is glorified. God hangs out where he is lifted up. God hangs out where he is worshipped. And God hangs out where he is adored in my life and in yours. Praising God isn't just about singing. Oh my goodness. If it was just about singing, especially if you sing bad, you'd run God off. Right? That's why the scripture says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? 
But it's not just about singing. It's giving God continual glory. No matter what you face, God stays with you when you face life. It's tough. That's what he does. You ought to give God a shout for that, man. That's amazing that God is going to live within us. He lives within us. Give a shout of celebration. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation is, God is worthy to be praised no matter what. Now, I got a tough question I'm going to ask you. And I want you to let it seat into your spirit, let it resonate, and I want you to answer it truthfully between you and God and your soul. Are you spiritually mature enough not to just praise God in the good times, but that you praise God in the bad times too? Are you that spiritually mature? See, it's really easy for any of us to praise God when life's good. When life's good with a checkbook, life's good with a health, life's good with the job, and life's good with the contracts, and life's good in the marriage, and life's good when it comes to your kids. However, are you good at praising God when all hell breaks loose in your life? That's the question to ask yourself. Are you that spiritually mature? Are you that connected in dependence in your relationship with God? Are you willing to praise him regardless of the circumstances in your life. Romans 8 and 28 is a very familiar scripture for many of us here. I preached on it many times, but I don't want you to just read this with me. I don't want you to just believe this. I want you to receive this and own this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose, his purpose for them. See, God will send you help and strength no matter where you're at as long as you're willing to worship him, adore him, and praise him. Fourth thing is, is ask God to remember your generosity. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, it says here that he says, may he remember all your gifts. Referring to the people of God here is praying for David. Remember the gifts that David did, our king, and, and look favorably on your burnt offerings. See, David had brought many gifts. David had brought many burnt offerings to the Lord and going into battle and praising and bringing back to God. And so I want to say thank you for the generosity of our church family. You guys are amazing. We have a great church family. You're generous with your, your time, your talents, your treasures, and you're, you're generous about bringing tithes to the, to the church and offering. Some of you, now listen, here's the way some of you are. Some of you, according to what I know, some of you, you are so methodical about your tithe that you, if your tithe was $83.79, you write, eight, you don't round up, you write $83.79 because you think if you don't do it by the letter of the law, you're going to hell if you don't do it, right? Some of you think it a measure. No, no, no. No, uh-uh. A lot of people do that down the penny, but then there's other people on the opposite side of the spectrum of it. They say, I can't afford to tithe, Pastor. I can't afford to do those gifts and those offerings like David did. You know what? I... I I can't afford not to. You know why? <laughs> he gives me my heartbeat. He gives me the breath I have. He even has me standing vertical right now. When I could leave this world at any moment at the stop of my heart because he controls it.
Now, some people, they could do more, but they just don't, they don't, they don't manage their money good. They think of self and independence living before the interdependence and dependence upon God. You know, you, you frivol your money away. My wife, I got to tell this. My wife went the other day to a brand new coffee shop in our wonderful city here. I'm not saying the name of the, t- of the coffee shop. She was going to try it out. So she pulls up and she tells them what she likes, okay? And they said, well, what do you recommend, she asked. And so they told her what they recommended. Well, she said, sure, I'll give it a try. She got up the window and handed it to her and said, that'll be $7.26. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I said, man, you're going to be homeless if you keep this coffee habit up. But it wasn't her that necessarily did that she asked what it was, you know. But think about it. I don't want to be a bad steward with what's his. I want to show him honor. But yet, like David, he brought the gifts. But you notice what it says there in the verse? It says that, and look favorably on your offering. See, a lot of people, they bring tithe. That's good. But they never get beyond the tithe. See, tithe is what we bring God that we already owe God. He could, said, he could have said 50-50, but he said 90-10. So we bring the 10%. So you really don't ever give God anything. So God never looks favorably on anything because you don't get above the tithe. That's what he's saying here. How many of you want God to look favorably on you? Raise your hand. You want God to look favorably? Okay, okay. If that's the case, then understand this. God looked favorably on David because of his sacrificial offerings, and he will you too. He will you too. Sacrificial offering. You say, what do you mean? It's just like, just like this. I keep this with me all the time. Our, our greatest gift offering. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. You want God to look favorably on you? We've got a few more weeks of this. If you've been bringing the tithe or whatever, hey, bring the offering on this right here. Do it sacrificially like David did. And watch what God does as he looks favorably on your life. It's not about him sending you a check in the mail, but God looking favorably on your being of who he created you to be. Fulfill the purpose of why you're breathing. I want to be looked on favorably, and I know that you do too. Number five is ask God to grant your heart's desires. Now, where does that come from? It's real deep in Scripture. Psalm Psalm verse 4, may he grant your heart's desires. Okay. How many of you want God to grant your heart's desires? Raise your hand. Raise your hand real quick. Okay. I do too. We want that. How does that take place? Moving over a few more Psalms, you go to chapter 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. See, your desires is what you ask and seek the Lord for. See, to delight in the Lord is to know him better in your relationship and to live his way and do his will. Now, the brother, the stepbrother of Jesus, James in the New Testament, chapter 4 and verse 2, it says there very clearly that you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So if we're not asking, we're not going to get it. But my prayer is for you that you will start asking God to fulfill the desires of your heart and to seek God for the very desires that would glorify his name. You follow what I'm saying? Glorifying God's name. That, okay, God, I'm going to seek you, God. I want to be able to feel the praises for your glory and your honor. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to be able to launch a ministry for your name. Lord, I want to be able to share uh, my faith with somebody. Give me, give me strength to do that. Give me courage to do that. God, I want to be able to grow in my faith. I want to be able to, God, to see that you open doors, that you give me opportunities, that you bless my business, that you heal my health, God, that you, I, I'm able to 
to finish that degree or I'm able to get the spouse that I've always prayed for. Or God, grant, our, grant us children. God, give us a new career. Go on and on and on. What is it that you want from God? What is it that you want from God? Do you believe God inclines his ears to hear your desires? When you seek him, I promise you, with all your heart, his will and his way, he will fulfill your heart and grant your heart's desires. And when your heart's desires are lined up with his way and will, listen to me, look out. It will be absolutely incredible what God is about to do. Another way of praying here is ask God to fulfill all your purpose. Now look at Psalm 20 in the last part of verse 4. It says, and make all your plans succeed. Some of you are thinking, I thought those were my plans. Now do you realize to make all your plans succeed means here that God wants to fulfill every purpose and everything for what he created your life for. That you're not an accident. That no matter what somebody has said about the reason you're living and breathing, you're not a mistake. You're a person that God has orchestrated and he gave a divine assignment to your life before you ever breathed your first breath. So you ask God, God, make all your plans succeed in my life. And then you will step into a realm of living and holiness and passion and love and desire unlike you've ever had in a relationship with him. When you start saying, you know what, God? My desire is really not what I selfishly want, but what I unselfishly want for what you designed me for. And that's what makes all the difference. So here's the very last one that takes it to the power of prayer. Ask God to answer all your prayers. Look at verse 5. It says, may we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. See, David recorded this prayer for the people to pray for him. And this example of how God would want us to pray, not only uh, for others, but we pray that for ourselves. And so I want to challenge you and understand that our petitions and our plans in life will go right together. So in your prayer life, if you don't have a prayer journal, I want to challenge you. In my prayer journal, I, I, there's days that I just journal my prayer and I talk to God and I write it down. And I, I, think, I think there's going to be some moments of tears when I leave this world, if I leave before my kids and they read those journals. There's going to be moments that they're going to cry. There's going to be moments that they're going to laugh. But what they're going to see is a journey of prayer. Many of you here in this room, your name's in my journal. Because when you ask me to pray, I write it down. When you ask me to pray for somebody you love, I write it down. So I put that petition down. And then that petition, and I petition the Lord for it. And I ask God to answer that. Then when I hear the great news of what God does and victory comes, I put it over here in the praise column. Because that way I can literally see the move of God. A great example of that. And, and look at verse 6. It says, 
Now I, I know that the Lord rescues his anointed king. He will answer him from his holy heaven and rescue him by his great power. See, God did it for David. He'll do it for you and he'll do it for me in our battles that we face every single day. So no matter what you're facing, he's saying that we can be delivered. Why is that? Because we belong to Jesus. Because we're born again. And that when you are born again, you are his anointed. And you can praise him for that. And God has demonstrated, I know personally throughout my life, all that how that God can be trusted. Have you trusted God no matter what? Verse 7 says, some nations boast of their chariots and, and horses. That is, talking about their military strength. But he said, but we boast in the name of the Lord our God. You know, um, the first prayer I ever really prayed that I remember was when I was under conviction when I was 12 and I was in the church I grew up in and I felt conviction and I walked up front and I asked the Lord to save me. Then, for whatever reason, in my spirit of independence as a teenager, I went out and did my own thing and I found myself in jail at 18, and then I began to pray again. And I prayed, God, I got myself in this mess. You get me out, and I'll live for you, and I'll do anything you want me to, and send me a good woman to be able to help me to live life and turn my back on a, a world that wants to take me down. And whenever you pray a dangerous prayer and you ask God, say, God, I'll do anything you want me to, you begin to align yourself with his will and his way. Your desires change. And I look back after all these years. And I've seen God answer so many prayers. Sometimes he, because of your heart, you just can't pray. You just can't utter the words. And the scripture says that the Holy Spirit utters your prayer to the Father. Sometimes he answered it before I could even get it out of my mouth. So I, I just want to challenge you in that powerful relationship uh, and having the prayer that you really seek God this year more than ever. I decided a long time ago not to live with a carnal perspective, but to live each day with an eternal perspective. That if I leave this world, it's not going to be goodbye. I'll see all you later. I love you. Just keep connected with God through Jesus. And man, the power of prayer, you will begin to see God do things you could never even imagine. Just imagine this could be the greatest year of your life. And the journey begins now. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we praise you tonight and thank you, God. Thank you in this moment, God. For the power of prayer, we thank you that so many times, God, uh, God, you just want to help us. And, and God, sometimes I, I'm sure you scratch your head and you wonder, you know, why aren't they asking me? Why aren't they talking to me? It's because we get deep-seated in that spirit of, in, of dependence. I mean, uh, just independence on ourselves, and we don't depend upon you, God. So I pray, God, for everyone on the sound of my voice this day, God, that we will seek your face like never before and pray this prayer and see you do mighty things through our lives, in our lives and for the world around us.
how many of you here on the sound of my voice would lift your hand and say, man, I need to, I need the power of prayer to go to the next level for this year in my life. Would you just lift your hand real high? Say, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up everywhere. Father, just bless the prayer life of each of these and bless their relationship with you to go to the next level like never before. One thing I know, and those of you watching online, those of you here, I never take for granted that you're not living, you know, I don't want you to live in religion, I want you to have a relationship. And the question is, have you truly picked a side in your life? You say, what do you mean? So many times we're in this day and time, especially when Christianity has almost to a lot of the, our nation and everything, it's being looked down upon. It's time you look up to it and realize that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords gave his life for you. You don't need to worry about your Instagram followers if you become a Christian. You don't need to worry about who's on Facebook. You don't need to worry about the people in the cubicle at work next to you. You need to pick a side. You're born once when you're born into this world, but have you been born a second time through the Spirit? If you're never born through the Spirit, then you'll suffer eternity without God in a place called hell. But if you decide in this moment, I'm going to pick a side and I want to receive Jesus, in that moment, God will, as He convicts your heart, you can pray and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and you can make Him the Lord of your life. And man, your journey will begin like never before with Him. So if you've never done that right now, I just want to ask you to pray right where you're at, those of you online, and just tell them that that, that you want him to come into your heart and and realize that our sin separates us from God and and that that you believe with all your heart that that's why the Lord is wanting to knock on your heart. He's wanting to give you a new heart and a new start. And you get to discover in, in a moment's notice and just a split second when you receive him, his compassion, love, and mercy and forgiveness. It's not about becoming better. It's about becoming new. So just tell them, say, Lord, I need you right now. I recognize I need you in my heart. I want to be born anew, Father. Just tell them, say, please forgive me of all my sins. Transform my life, Jesus. By faith, Lord, I give my life to you. Ah, yes, that's right. Am I still centered up pretty good? Yep. So I shouldn't be, should I welcome them? Uh, thank them for watching. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Hey, everyone, thank you for watching today. So uh, after hearing this word that Pastor T brought, if you gave your life to Christ, we want you, we want to know about it. We want to walk this walk with you. So if you can, text SAVE to 615-900-2176. We just want to get in contact with you just to walk through these next steps with you. A few other next steps in the description. There's a connection card in there. If you can click on that, fill it out. We just want to know that you are here. We don't want to know if you have any prayer requests, any next steps. If you want to be baptized, if you're recommitting your life, we want to know all these things because as a church family, we walk together, we support one another, and that's just how we do it. Now, with that said, we're going to go into a time of giving. We have many, many different ways to give. You can use our Church Center app. It's very easy. It's an icon on the bottom. You hit it, throw the amount you want to. It's very easy. You can go to our website. It's very easy to find. It's actually in the navigation bar at the top. You can go there. You can also, probably one of the easiest ways to do it, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321, 84321. It works out very, very easy. And if you like the old school way of doing it, you can throw it in an envelope and you can mail it to 1010 Freedom Church Road, Gallatin, Tennessee, 37066. We want to make it as 
user-friendly as possible to make sure that we are going to this moment with giving and this act of worship and uh, just trust that we're giving God with everything that he's blessed us with. So this crazy outside, we're having the rain, we're having the snow, it's very cold, but we want you to enjoy the rest of this snow day and we will see you next week. Okay. Because the other next steps part wasn't clear. Okay. Like you said something about other next steps, <clears throat> click the connection card. The yeah. order of just how you said it felt weird. Yeah. I, I, I think I said the bullet, but then yeah. saw the connection card. I shouldn't do that. Okay. That's good. Because you're going from like, if you got saved, Texas number, if you have any other next steps, like recommitment, commitment, baptism, yeah, yeah. whatever. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for watching us this morning. It's so great to make this sort of thing, even when we can't be in the physical church, a priority in our lives. So if you gave your life to Christ today, we want to know about it. Pastor brought an awesome word. I know it touched my heart. But if it, it, if it touched something in your heart and you want to make this a declaration that Jesus is going to be your Lord and Savior, we want to know about it because we want to walk with you. So if you can, text SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 615-900-2176. We just want to get in touch with you. We want to walk with you in this. We're not going to do anything with your information other than just be with you and support you as a church family. So we have a lot of other next steps that you can follow. There's actually a link down in the description. If you click that, there's going to be things on there like you recommitted your life. You want to be baptized. You want to join a group. There's lots of different things in there. So if you can, click that. If you have any next steps, just fill out all the information on there. And we'll be in contact with you this next week because that's how we do this thing. We do life together. We grow together and we walk together. So... With that, we're going to move into a time of giving. We have lots and lots of different ways to give. We try to make it as easy as possible for you. So you can go to our Church Center app. I'm sure you've already downloaded it. If you can't, you can now. And you just, you just register. It's very easy. There's an icon on the bottom. You can hit it. Amount you want to give. It goes through. No problem whatsoever. You can also go to our website. At the top, you can click it. Again, it, it walks you right through it. It couldn't be any easier. You can also text the amount that you want to give. Actually, you know, I'm texting $10, 102-84321. That's 84321, and you just text that out. You get a confirmation text in, re in return, and it's super, super easy. And if you are, technology is just not your thing. If watching online is just, that's, that's the edge of what you can do, you can actually mail it to us. You don't have to wait to be here in person, and you just mail it to 1010 Freedom Church Road, that's in Gallatin, Tennessee. Zip code is 37066. So with that, with all the snow, with all the rain, whatever it is, we know this is a snow day. We're in the south. It might be 70 degrees tomorrow. But today, we're going to enjoy this snow day. So y'all have a great one, and we'll see you next Sunday. I like that one. Okay.